Well, um, we're going to jump into God's Word, and we've already been hearing from the Lord, sharing some testimonies and some prophetic words, and so we want to continue on with what God wants to say today. Uh, I want you, if you have your Bible, if not, there's one in front of you, probably there somewhere, open up to Mark chapter 4, New Testament, Mark chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 26. Uh, I'm going to say a couple things uh, before we get to, to this scripture. And uh, uh, number one, I want to let you know, as, as we talked about last week, if you didn't hear, weren't here last week, you can listen to it online, or if you want to request a copy, we just simply talked about remembering God's way, God's rearview mirror, you know, the right way to look back on things. And what that is, is we look back at the testimony of the Lord and what God, what God has done and who God is. And so right there, uh, Kim, you know, that's, that's, that's the way you're meant to look back now. God has revealed that to you to say, hey, this is how you view the past. You view the past through me. You view the past through what I've done. And I want to remember the things God has done, not the things that I haven't seen done yet or the promise is not fulfilled yet, but I want to remember what God has done. And I want to encourage you, another way you can do that is by going back and reviewing prophetic words that have been given to you. Sometimes, you know, when, when God speaks to you, if you're not familiar, some of you may not be familiar, a prophetic word is just when somebody else shares something from God for you. And there's, you know, not everybody who says, I have a word for you is, is speaking for, for God. We know that. Sometimes we mess up. We miss it. We're, we're not 100% perfect. But, you know, there's times where God speaks to us and you, you write it down, you know, man, this is God. And I went back this week. I just happened to be wandering around my office and I saw this old journal on the, on the shelf and I just happened to pull it out. And it was from... It was from 2002. A few people here weren't even born then. <laughs> 2002. Some of you were like five. Um, some of you were like already 45. But um, 2002, and, and I had gone, this was in my, the transition time before I came to this church. And I, my church had closed that I was serving at in Austin. And I was kind of in this transition phase, didn't know what to think. And so I was visiting churches. The only time I've ever visited churches in my life, it was awful. Not because the churches were awful. It was just like, man, this is a really difficult decision. So I, I, I give you kudos. When, God, when you can hear where God says, this is your fellowship, that's something special. So it's not an easy decision. That's not an easy choice. Because uh, I was like, man, I don't... I could either choose all of these or none of these. And so I was visiting church after church. And then one Sunday, my dad said, hey, come down to the weekend. We're going to go to Houston. Um, not sure where my dad was living at that point. I think San Antonio still. Um, and so we're going to go to Houston and visit the church down there. It's the church he's now at. Uh, and they had been in renewal for a number of years uh, since the... Ni late 90s, they've been seeing a real move of God. We'll say it that way. And so... You know, went down there, some interesting stuff that was going on, a strong presence of the Lord. And we went to lunch with uh, Pastor Tony. He's still the pastor there. He's one of my dad's best friends. They've been friends for, well, at least since 2002, several years before that. And so we sat down. We, Tony took us out to the salt grass in Houston, Texas. And we sat down at a table. 
And then before we got going at, in the menus or anything, he's just, he just looks right at me. And he had tears in his eyes. He wasn't crying. It was just you could see the, the wetness. I could see the, the moisture in his eyes. I remember it. And he says, God says, Baba, he says all this stuff. And now I remember that prophetic word happened, but I didn't remember what was said. But I wrote it down. <laughs> I wrote it down. So I went back and I was like, wow. That's, a, that's some amazing stuff. You know, that God says you're going to enter this next season and there's going to be, you're going to come into your own. You're, there's going to be things that are going to happen. This is before I came to Midland, came to this church and met Ashley, second best thing ever. <laughs> Besides Jesus. I mean, it was like all this, there was all this confusion in my life. There was all this uncertainty. There was all this, God, what is going on? Everything looks like it's bad. And, and God was speaking to me. And so I went back and I was like, oh man, God, that was amazing. So I encourage you to go back. And if you don't have things to go back that you write down, start writing them down. Because you might forget that you wrote it down and go back and find it. And then you're looking in God's rearview mirror in the right way where you go, Man, God, thank you for what you did. I was th freshly thankful for God at work in my life then and now. And that's what God wants. So that's free. That's from last week. Number two. Everybody hold up two fingers. Okay. That means V for victory, USC, Trojans. Okay. Good job. None of the devil horns, okay? Okay. <laughs> Go Green Bay Packers. <laughs> There's a hostile crowd now for some reason. There's hostility here. This is just like when Jesus was preaching, right? So, okay. Having too much fun. My wife's not in here. So, sec second thing here. I want to get you laughing because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you, I'm warning you, I'm giving you a warning. I was at a service yesterday for a young man who was killed when he was 22 in a car accident suddenly. There's a whole lot of young people at that service. And some of them probably grew up in church a little bit. Some of them had no clue. But almost every single one of them, I could tell, was lost. They were lost. Church, we have a generation that is growing up without Jesus. If something doesn't change... 5% or less of those in the millennial generation, those probably, we'll just say 30 and under, around that age, 5% or less in our nation, just in our nation, not necessarily in some nations, there's, God's doing great things. In our nation, He has yet to do that in this generation. The harvest is plentiful. I don't want to see less than 5%. I was reminded that we 
need to pray. You know, there's a lot of stuff said about the millennial generation. We hear it on the news. We hear it on blogs. You hear it on comments about who millennials are. It's kind of a pretty, kind of a catchphrase now. I mean, I haven't heard such talk about generation since mine, which was Generation X. No idea what that meant, but uh, it seemed interesting at the time to talk about. Um, and why we, we millennials, you know, because those born around the new millennium, right? You know, and so uh, it's the, the younger generation. But here's the deal. All, all these negative things are being said about this generation. You know what? Uh, we need to start declaring the truth of God over this generation. We need to start loving this generation. We need to start at the best of our abilities praying and reaching out to this generation. Uh, we, cannot, we cannot rely on just, hey, let's just have a good time with us people over 40, us old people, right? I'm just going to lump me in with all, you, all of the older people. You know, we're, you know I'm, getting, I'm getting older. I mean, those, those young people at that service, they look at me and go, they don't look at me and go, hey, that's a cool-looking guy. They go... That dude's probably old. <laughs> That's what they're thinking. That's what they're thinking. They're looking at God. Dude, look, he's got some gray in there, man. He's got a lot less hair than he probably wants to or something. And, but, I mean, to be honest, I mean, but it was like there's this harvest. There's a harvest. There's a harvest. What are you doing about the harvest? What has God called you to do? Maybe God hasn't called you to, you know, you say, I can't relate. Well, then has God called you to pray? What has He called you to do? We all don't have to do the same thing. It's, but if we all do something, then that can change. Because God, God says the harvest is plentiful. What does He say? But the workers are few. Pray to the Lord, therefore. Raise up laborers for the harvest. If nothing else, pray. And if God tells you to do something more, He wants you to start meeting with people. Hey, the young generation, they want a cause. So when we do something like, hey, we're going we're gonna to do something about human trafficking, they're like, hey, let's do something. They want to do something amazing. They want to be a part of a cause. Something that, you know, they want to be a part of something mediocre. They want to be a part of something amazing. And so when we have a cause, but pray. I mean, I'm, I'm challenging you, people of God, remember that there is a harvest. It's not about us. It's not just about us and our spiritual life and raising our kids and having a nice family. That's good. There's, but we want to do that. We want to do that so our gen next generation is equipped to reach their generation. Let's, let's go into Mark now. Number three. Okay? Number three. Can I give three sermons in one day? I bet you I can give more. Um, Mark 4, chapter 26. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to open the Word of God as we read it together today. It says this, Jesus, he's telling the parables, Jesus also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. Though he does not know how, all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Again, Jesus said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed. 
which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet, when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. So I want to talk about seeds today. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the seeds that God has given us to sow. What are you planting? What seeds are you planting? Jesus gives us an idea of what happens when we plant good seed. When you plant good seed, there's stuff that happens. And so we have to understand that when we plant the good seed, God says, hey, there's going to be a harvest. There will be a harvest. And there was some seeds planted yesterday, I believe, with just the people. There was people of God there that were around the people who, were, who did not know God. And there were many there. And so there's things that we can do to be intentional to plant seeds. We can have seeds planted in our own lives. How are seeds planted in my life? Well, the one who plants seeds in my life is, is Jesus by His Holy Spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in you, and He's the one planting seeds. When you interact with Him, when you spend time with Him, when you're in the Word of God, when you're in the presence of God, when you're, when you're praying, when you're praying in the Spirit, that's when seeds can begin to be planted in your life. Because you can have those things. You're being intentional about saying, God, I'm just opening my life to you. And then the sower begins to sow the seed. If you know, if you remember, there's another parable where Jesus says, the seed is the Word of God, and it goes into different soils. When it goes into good soil, something, ha- something amazing happens. There's a multiplication. There's one planted, but there's like 30, 60, or 100 that come out. And in fact, if you take the illustration further, Jesus plants one seed in us, but there can be a reproduction around us 30, 60, or 100 times. That's called the power of the kingdom. That's a kingdom seed right there. That's the, king, the God, the God's seed in the kingdom of God. And so again, the seed was spread out. There were some, some places where there were thorns in the way. And Jesus says the thorns choked out the seed. And so it began to grow. But then the, the cares of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choked out the seed. And it didn't produce. It didn't produce anything. And then there was ones that were thrown into the... The, the thin soil, where there, there was no depth there. Where the soil didn't allow God to go deep in the in, innermost parts of our life and bring healing and change. So it sprouts up quickly, but it quickly dies when there's any testing or something hard comes. And so, you know, what God wanted and planted in our life, it, it dies because there's no, nothing to take root. And then there's the, the, the first soil, which is the hard soil. Sometimes there's, there's just hardness where God sows and, and the birds, it says the enemy comes and steals away the seed. Does that mean I don't throw the seed out though? No, the sower is still sowing, throwing out the seed. So Jesus here is, is, gives us another illustration. And he says, you know, this is, this is what the kingdom is like. We should pay attention. Hey, you want to know what God's kingdom is like? Here's what it's like. It's like a man who scatters seed on the ground. And at night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and it grows. Though he does not know how, all by itself the soil produces grain, then the head, then the full kernel, then the, full kernel, then the head. And then there's the harvest. So here's, here's the thing. 
The seed is good in itself, so it just needs to be planted. So I have to say, what am I intentionally planting around my life? In those around me, what am I doing? What, what is my job? Well, I'm supposed to plant the right seed. I'm the one that is called to plant the seed. God is planting seeds in my life. I allow Him to plant in my life. Then God says, you get to plant in other people's lives. You get to plant around you. You get to plant in your family. You get to plant in your spouse. Woo! <laughs> Need something good to grow in your, in your spouse? Are you planting seeds? What seeds are you planting? Are you planting seeds of division? Are you planting seeds of criticism? We're getting in the face here now, huh? Let's go back to nice Pastor John. Well, this is the nice Pastor John. <laughs> are, you, are you planning encouragement? Are you planning joy? Are you planning love? Whatever you plant is going to grow. I mean, I'm not a farmer. I didn't grow up on a farm. We've heard that before. I've said that many times. Some of you did. But whatever seed you plant, that's what you're going to get. It's not magic. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's not hard to figure out. Whatever seed you plant, if you plant joy, you're going to get a bunch of joy. If you plant forgiveness, you get forgiveness. You plant the Word of God, you get the fruit of the Word of God. And so I have to plant the right seed. And I had this phrase come to me, don't let someone else fill your seed bag. You know, things come at us, and what they want to do is, in other words, criticism and depression or... or discouragement or hard times come in us. And so there's all these other seeds that are trying to be planted in our lives. And I have to make sure that I don't allow those things into my seed bag where I'm, you know, it's like, man, whenever I'm around you, there's like, there's some good, but there's also like this, you know, something else is, is being spread around. I want to make sure that I am planting the right seed. I am I am believing that the things of the kingdom, that when I sow kindness for instead of hatred, that I'm going to reap the benefits of the kingdom of God. When I sow forgiveness, when that person doesn't deserve it, that I'm going to reap the benefits of the harvest of the kingdom of God. When I sow patience for someone who doesn't deserve me to be patient with them, then I'm going to reap the benefits of the seed of the kingdom of God. Plant the right seed. The second thing is just obedience. What did this guy do that planted the seed? He, he just did what a farmer does. All he did was get up. He did the seed. And I'm sure he, he watered and did the stuff that he was going to do. But he was obedient to what God was saying. Obedience, I believe, waters the seed. When you walk in obedience, you water the seeds that are in your life and that are being spread around your life. You, obe you just do what you're supposed to do. You don't have to do what Bill is called to do. You don't have to do what John is called to do. You don't have to do what Shane is called to do, unless I just called your name. You do what you're supposed to do. But if you're not those people, <laughs> only Bill is called to be obedient to what God is calling Bill to do. And only John is responsible to be obedient to what John is being called to do, etc. So I'm just responsible. What is God calling me to do? You know, the guy gets up, he does it, and then what happens? All by itself, things begin to happen. What does it say the next thing the guy did? He goes to sleep. He slept at night. He didn't have to worry. He was resting at night. When you plant the right seed and you're obedient, you can let God do His work. 
The Holy Spirit's the one that's doing the work. I don't have to try to work it. It's like, man, God, I know I'm so impatient in this person, but I really want to just try to, let me talk to them a little bit further, and I'm going to help them out, get really patient. So if they would just listen to me, right, Bill? If they would just, those people that would just listen to me. <laughs> don't you wish people would just listen to you sometimes? I don't think that with you all, okay? <laughs> but, you know, you, you, but no, you do what you're called to do. When God says speak, hey, it's time to speak. A gentle answer turns away wrath. It might be not speaking, not the way you want to speak, but hey, God says, hey, now's the time. Hey, open your life up. You be vulnerable. You, you show humility. So you, just, you can rest. You know, this guy just got up. He did what he's supposed to do, and then he went to sleep. And then all the next job he's do is to harvest. So when there's a time where we get to reap the harvest, we get to go, man, there it is right there. There it is. Let's celebrate that right now. I've seen something happen. I've been planting in this life. I've been praying. I've been walking in obedience and doing what I'm supposed to do in that person's life. And boom, I'm beginning to see the, the sprout come up. And then all I have to do is wait for the harvest. There's going to be a time where it's going to be a harvest. And there's going to be a multiplication. There's going to be a blessing. That's, it's all because somebody planted the seed. It's not going to grow unless somebody puts it in the ground. You know, the farmer that just sits at home and says, I really want a large crop this year. And never plants anything is not going to be a farmer for more than one season. What are you planting? Some of you planted things last year. You're going to begin to see those things grow. You know, most of the seed growth, a lot of it happens unseen at first. It doesn't look like anything's happening. Sometimes we, we do things and we go, God, it, it looks like nothing's happening. But when a seed grows, it grows into the ground and it digs roots first. Everything that's happening at first with the seed is unseen. You cannot see it with your eyes. But the one who knows that they've planted good seed doesn't have to wait and see something. They act as if it's already growing because they know the seed was good and it was planted. So if you planted seeds in people's lives or you're, you're planting things even in your own life and just, you know, I don't see this, God. Hey, did you plant a good seed? Is the Holy Spirit watering it? Are you doing what you're called to do? Then you can believe there is something going on. Whether I can see it on the outside or not, I believe something is at work on the inside. That seed is going to grow. And it is growing right now even though I can't see it. And it's going to have a foundation under it. It's going to have a place where it can have life and sustenance and endurance and not just fall away. Because that's God's desire is for a good harvest. Here's what happens. What happens, what we have nothing to do with is all by itself growth happens. There's produ it produces all by itself. Jesus said it several times. It doesn't, we don't know. There's progressive growth. Do you notice it says first there's this, then there's this. Then there's this, then it's fully grown. So there's a progressive growth that happens. And it also says, the one who sows does not know how. In other words, it's, 
It doesn't mean that we're going to be able to explain how it happens. There should be something unexplainable about the life of God going on around me. We're like, I don't even know how that's happening. Why is that? Why is this so good? Why is this happening? Well, it's how the kingdom works. I planted the truth. I planted the good seed. And God, all by itself, it said the seed will produce fruit. The kingdom will produce fruit. When I sow the power of God's love in someone's life, it will produce fruit because the seed is good. I just have to plant the seed. You know, the second thing it says there is the, it said there's, there's the mustard seed, and it says, the, you know, the kingdom of God is like this. It, it's very small. It's a very small seed. You know, sometimes the things we do, they look like they're insignificant. But it, you know, you may, you may think, man, I just wasted my time. But if you, if you placed, you know, hope in someone's life, you may have just spoken a word of encouragement to them. That's good seed. That's a good seed. And it's up to God to, to bring the growth. It's the kingdom that, that produces that, the Holy Spirit. I can, I can go to sleep at night and say, God, I rest. When you call me to pray, I'll pray. When you call me to speak, I'll speak. If you call me to shut up, I'll shut up. If you call me to take my hands off of it and say, let go of that person, I will let go of that person. But I have planted the seed, and this, it says, hey, even though it's little... There's little things in the kingdom that can produce big results. It says the mustard seed is a very small seed, but it becomes this giant, giant plant. Okay? And so that's how the kingdom works. Sometimes you just do one small little thing, and God can take that and go, whoa! I'm going to use you as an illustration. John has a bunch of friends that he kind of hung around with several years ago, kind of like college age, maybe, high school and college. And, and some of them didn't have uh, an understanding of the things of the Spirit, the Spirit-filled life. And now some of them are like, they're doing these amazing things, deliverance ministry, traveling to other nations, and God's just directing them. I mean, it's just amazing things. There are some seeds for sure that John sowed in those lives. Did John make it happen? No, he just put the seed in, and all by itself, the Holy Spirit says, I can do something amazing with that. I can do something beyond John with that. I can do something beyond you if you only plant the seed. Your job is to put it in there. Put it in the ground. Don't just look at it and say, Yay! I got the joy. Yeah, I got the joy. I got to plant it. (laughs) I want to plant some joy. I want to plant some kindness. I want to plant peace. I want to plant hope. I want to plant forgiveness. I I want to plant freedom. Because I want to see that harvest around me. I want to see it all. I want to rejoice. I want to be a part of the one that says, Look, and this guy's, I don't even know how it's happening. I can't believe how this is happening. But it's coming. Because it's the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus, in Matthew 13, if you want to turn there, you can. It's not on the screen. Uh, Matthew 13, it talks about another, another seed. And uh, it's the parable of the weeds. Matthew 13, verse 24, Jesus told them another parable. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, the enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant said, Sir, didn't, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did, then did the weeds come from? And the enemy did this, he replied. 
The servants replied, do you want us to go and pull them out? No, they, he said, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I'll tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Later, Jesus explains this to his disciples. He says, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the harvesters are the angels. And so it will be at the end. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end. The Son of Man will send out His angels, and they will weed out of His kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. There's, I'm not going to preach that whole passage today. Uh, it's pretty clear about what it's talking about there. But the one point I want to pull from this illustration is that the good seed, it says, is the sons of the kingdom. In other words, sometimes you're the seed. It's you. You're the one. You plant who you are in someone else's life, in a situation, and you're the good seed. Because who's in you? You're like, man, God, I can't do that. I'm not worth that. He says, yes, you are. I already paid for you with Jesus, so you're worth everything. You are worth everything. God's already bought you. You are paid for. And so he says, hey, you can, you can plant your life in someone else's life and see a harvest. And so be encouraged in that. So what seeds can we plant? I just want to throw out some ideas. I've thrown some out already. Number one, of course, is the Word of God, planting the Word of God. I've got to have the Word in me so I know how to plant the Word. You know, it says, I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against God. And so if I've got a problem with sin, what do I need? I need God's Word in me to help me overcome that thing that is trying to overcome me. So I've, I need the Word of God in me, and I can plant the Word of God in other people. I can declare the truth of God. You don't have to tell people it's from the Bible. Just say it. Put it in your own words. If it's the truth of God's word, that's the seed. That's the good seed. You just, you just speak it out. You don't have, hey, that's found. In, and they're like, what, is, what are you talking about? If they don't know what you're talking about, just plant it in there. Because they're like, oh, cool, that sounds good. They don't even know it's the word of God. Getting in them. Let's plant the word. You can plant faith. You know, Jesus said, if you have Faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, get up and get out of here and be thrown into the sea. So, you know, here's the thing about a mustard seed faith. You know, a mustard seed is not meant to stay small. So I remind you, if you have a faith, that your faith is meant to be growing. So the mustard seed is not the goal, it's the starting point. So it's meant to be planted. So I start with faith, and as I take more risks, my faith grows. I have to take a risk in order for faith to grow, because I want the mustard seed not to just stay a seed. I want it to produce a big giant plant and have all the action going on. So I plant faith. I plant faith by taking a step of faith in my life, or I plant faith by speaking what is not as though it were in someone else's life. Jesus, didn't they say that in the scripture somewhere? Faith is, you know, declaring those things that are not as if they were. In other words, I can declare things that aren't even there as if they are already there. 
That's faith. That's sowing faith, putting the seed of faith into the situation. I can, a good seed is prayer. Prayer is a seed. Prayer is a seed. I sow seeds of prayer. It says those who sow in tears in Psalm 126 will reap with shouts of joy. I can sow hope into lives. Speaking hope, I sow the life of God. What did Jesus say? My words are spirit and they are life. So when I'm sharing the Word of God or the, the rhema word, in other words, the immediate Word of God where the Holy Spirit is speaking through me, that Word is life. That's a good seed. That's a seed of life in that moment. Seed of kindness. And we need some kindness in this world right now in our country, right? We've got a lot of hatred. You know, we're not going to argue someone down from division and hatred, but kindness might change somebody. Love might change somebody. We can sow love into someone else's life. Unconditional love. He's number seven. Number eight, we sow joy. You can fill in the blank for number nine, ten, eleven for yourself, whatever God's saying to you. But sow the seed. Galatians 6, verses 7 through 9. I want to close with this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Also a woman, by the way. So it's, it's for everybody. Humankind. <laughs> Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Do not, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You can leave that one up there. Just leave that last one up there. Yeah, there you go. So... We will, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know, most of the time when I hear about sowing and reaping, people talk about the negative. And the negative is in that verse. And so you understand, you sow the negative, you reap the negative. But I also, in that verse, you have to understand, it's not all negative. There's the positive that says, hey, you sow into the Spirit, you reap into the Spirit. You sow the things of the kingdom, you reap the things of the kingdom. So it's not just, it's not just don't do bad stuff so you don't have bad stuff around you. Yeah, don't do that. But I think even, even people who don't know anything about Jesus get that. But when you sow into the Spirit, it says you reap the Spirit. And then it gives us an encouragement at the end, says this, don't grow weary. Don't give up. Sometimes it seems like, man, let's try a different way, God. Just one at a time. Handful. Is this working? Is anything happening, God? He says, don't give up. Let's not become weary in doing good. Amen? Hey, let's stand. God's encouraged us. Amen. Today, there's been lots of, stuff, lots of good words to us. Father, we just thank you that you have called us to plant seeds. So we thank you that you have given us the seed. We don't have to produce it. We don't have to come up with it. We don't have to make it up on our own. It's the stuff that you have given us. It's the joy of heaven. It's the peace of Jesus. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. You have given us the good seed. It's the love of the Father. We thank you. 
Fill us with your seed, God, so that we're overflowing, so that we just automatically plant all around us. And we know we'll reap a harvest, God. If I want to see a harvest in this next year, Lord, I need to be planting what I want to see a crop produced in, Lord. I want to see that planted in our lives, in our families, in our kids, in our marriages, in our work relationships, in our jobs, in the city of Midland, in our nation, in our world, God. We are asking for the seeds of the kingdom to come forth. We ask for those who are the sons and daughters of the kingdom to rise up and be who we are called to be in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that all by itself, we don't have to do the hard work. We can go to bed after we've done what you've called us to do and rest just like a baby who actually sleeps through the night. Thank you, Jesus, for your rest. Lord, we can rest in you, the rest of faith. But we just do what you've called us to do. Lord, I just pray encouragement over every single heart. Lord, for those that have been planting for a long time and feel like, man, I just feel like there's nothing happening. Lord, let there just be a fresh encouragement, a fresh quickening that says, I'm not going to give up. I am not going to give up. I am not going to give up on that person. I'm not going to give up on you. You have not given up on them, God. I'm going to keep planting. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep stepping out by faith and saying, yes, this is going to happen. I'm going to declare those things that aren't as if they already were. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hug somebody. Give somebody a high five. If you need prayer, come on up. We got, hey, if you didn't write your word down and you got a word, hey, put your word on that sheet. We want to, we want to remember that. Healing room is on Tuesday as well. Tuesday night is healing room. We forgot that announcement. Tonight at Abundant Life. All the stuff on the back table. Don't forget it all. We've told you so much. (laughs) 